some of us need to hold on to that promise today that he is a way maker. Um, you may not see a way. You may not know um, what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next week. Uh, but I want you to just lean into the character of our God and who he is and what he's done what he's done in the past gives us hope for what he's going to do tomorrow and so I want to encourage you um, thanks you guys for leading us in worship this morning um, I wish that we could, could be with one another as, as Najee mentioned when we started this is our, our normal pancake Sunday but nothing is normal these days and um, we're two weeks into what I feel like is a, a social experiment um, I don't if you ever seen the movie the, the Truman Show that's what I feel like we're in like like uh, in the Truman Show it's, it's a Jim Carrey movie and he's the the main character and in the movie uh, he is in a TV show and nobody else is, but everybody else knows that he's in the TV show except for the main character. And so he's, he's living his life, but there's this, this kind of a plot going on around him, and it feels like, and like I don't know if we're on a hidden camera, but um, it feels like an, an alternate reality, um, like we're on a hidden camera or something. I, um, I saw someone posted uh, just... It's kind of funny. They said, anyone else feel like life is being written by a fourth grader right now? They said, uh, there was, there was, and this is the story of the fourth grader, and there was this virus, and everyone was scared, and then the, the world ran out of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, and then there was like no school for like a month, and, and then it snowed. <laughs> um, it was more fitting last week after the, the big snow. Um, but, but life seems to have gone off the rails, like somebody's writing the script, and, and we don't know which which way to go and and so we've been practicing social distancing and kids are at home and sometimes we're working from home and we've been cooped up like we're not we don't have the normal outlets we that we want to go to I mean we can't go to the, the rec center and we can't go to the libraries uh, museums uh, entertainment theaters uh, concerts I mean like it I mean you know like there there is just no no getting getting out and so um I just wonder how how are you doing? Like how how's it going for you? How are you feeling? Um, and if you've been practicing social distancing, I, I hope you have. I hope we're all taking that seriously. Um, I'd like to know something that you've discovered. Maybe um, and so post it in the comments. Maybe something you've discovered or rediscovered something about yourself, or or maybe uh, a new hobby that you've taken up or a recipe that you've tried, um, I mean, there's, there's any number of things that, that you might have uh, discovered. We have discovered dirty dishes appear <laughs> everywhere when we're all home, eating mm -hmm. breakfast, lunch. The other, the other day, you was like, all right, new strategy. We're not putting the dirty dishes away. We're just going to keep them out. We're going to use them for the next meal. <laughs> uh, that is our, our new strategy. Uh, thankfully, my, my boys are of age, and they have been emptying, loading the dishwasher about 1.6 times a day, and then clearing out all the dishes that are in the sink. And uh, so there's it's finally, after all these years, some benefits to having kids. <laughs> no, there's there's other other benefits 
besides that, there will also be mowing the lawn this summer. But uh, it, it would be easy during this time to just veg. Mm. Like just, um, you know, sit back, not do much. And, and you have to be careful because it, it can be, it's helpful to have downtime. Like we need downtime from, from time to time. But too much inactivity uh, can actually be harmful for you. Uh, too much social media has negative side effects. Uh, too much uh, screen time, mm -hmm. too much uh, isolation. All of those have literal health side effects that um, that we have to to be cautious about. Like it, it is bad for your health, and and so and just for one example, what social too much social media can can be addictive. It can trigger sadness. It it produces a comparison and jealousy. It, and it creates the delusion of connection, of connecting with people, so that then it ultimately leads to more isolation, more loneliness. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna, we'll have some, some, uh, some articles that we'll, we'll post in the comments if, if you don't believe me, the, the, the negative side effects of, of these things. But what have you been doing recently? Probably too much social media, probably too much inactivity, probably too much isolation, probably too much screen time all at once. That, that is a recipe for um, mental health struggles. It's a recipe for spiritual apathy and atrophy. Um, and so that's, that's why I asked when we started, like, how, how are you doing? How are you doing? Um, our teaching team... We've been talking about how we want to go about the next few weeks, few months, depending on, on how this plays out. Like, what, what is it that, that we need to hear? What is it from God's Word that we need to hear uh, to help us get through this time? And, and I believe uh, we don't just have to survive. Like we can thrive in, in the midst of, of what's going on. And so that's, that's what we're going to be trying to focus on. How can we be, be healthy? How can we be whole? How can we... Uh, practice proper soul care because um, we don't want to just we don't want to just survive. We want we want to thrive. And, um, so we're going to look at uh, a short letter in Scripture. In fact, this letter is the shortest book in the Bible. It's uh, the third letter of John. Some people call it the third John. Um, if you're across the pond, they call it a three John. Um, but it's only two hundred words, and it was written by one of the closest followers of Jesus, John, who the letter is named after, um, probably about 30 years after the death and resurrection of, of Jesus. Um, and he writes it, he writes it to a, a friend, to an individual, and we only have two personal letters in the entire New Testament. And this, this is one of them that's directed towards uh, a particular uh, person. And so... Let's, so this is 3 John, verse 3. It says, and we're going to start in, in verse 1. The elder, that's John talking about himself, to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend. Now John is going to call him dear friend four times in just uh, these 14 verses. Um, and this word for, for dear friend, it's more closely the word beloved. It comes from the, from the word agape. Uh, which is, means love. Because, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health, and that all may go well with you, 
even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. I want to look at those first words where it says, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you. This is more than just like a, a nice greeting or a good expression. John was concerned about the physical well-being of his friend. Not only, not only for spiritual welfare, he was concerned about his, his physical well-being as well. There, there's a, a wholeness to his concern for him. Uh, and this is the opposite of a, uh, of a heresy that was prevalent in the early church and, and still in some, some places today that, that makes a sharp distinction between the spiritual and the physical, uh, between the immaterial and the material, between what is uh, like heavenly, um, ethereal, you know, has to do with, with the spirit and the soul, is, is being good, and then all this other stuff over here, flesh and dust and earth as being you know, secondary, not important. That, that is not what we see in, in Scripture. And John had walked with Jesus, who was God incarnate, God in the flesh, an earthy type of God. Um, and if, if God was willing to take on flesh and blood and, and become dust, then our, our physical reality, this, this flesh and blood and is, is important. It's not just secondary in our spiritual walk. And so um, God is concerned for you both spiritually and physically, for your soul, for your entire well-being. So just a couple observations before I get into some, some practical things that I think will, will help us navigate these, these upcoming weeks. Is The first thing is that Gaius's soul was prospering. His soul was prospering. John actually says that his soul was getting along well. An older translation, that the King James Version, says, uh, puts the verse this way, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, health even as thy soul prospereth. And so the idea is that uh, Gaius, he's growing uh, spiritually, he's growing stronger and stronger in his trust for Christ and the fruit of the Spirit. And we, we don't know all the way in which his, his soul prospered, but we can imagine that, that he knew uh, God's care, he knew um, God's guidance in, in his life, and he had a peace of mind and peace of heart that comes from, from following God because his, his soul was prospering. But not only that, his soul was prospering despite facing challenges. Like, uh, we, I think we can assume that he was facing some type of physical challenge, you know, Right off the bat, the, the, he want, John wanted him, his physical body, his, his physical well-being to prosper as his soul was. And so most people think that he was going through some type of physical ailment. Uh, maybe he had a, a disease, a sickness. We're, we're not sure exactly. Uh, maybe he was high risk, a term we've, we've heard a lot lately. Um, but as his health comes across John's mind, and John wants him to know that he's, he's thinking, he's, he's praying for him. So he's having some health complications, but he's still prospering. But not only that, he faced uh, some leadership challenges. Uh, so you And you can read 3 John pretty quick. If you want to say, hey, I read a book of the Bible today, it'd take you about two minutes. And you'll, you'll have accomplished that. But the rest of the letter, it, it talks about these problems 
that, that John is having with somebody else in this particular church. In fact, uh, his name is Diotrephes, Diotrephes, sorry. Um, and Diotrephes was a, a leader in the church, but he was, he was not a good leader. He was the type of person that put himself to the front. He even, John had sent a letter to this church, and, and this other leader, he sent the letter back, basically didn't accept the letter. It was like, return to sender. Like, didn't want to hear uh, what John had to say. And so John says, hey, I'm coming, and when I come, I'm going to take care of it. I mean, can you imagine having one of the, the closest followers of Jesus, like one of Jesus' inner circle, and there you got this, this, this leader in the church who won't listen to him? That's who Gaius is dealing with. So he's got these physical challenges. He has these leadership challenges in the church, and yet his soul is prospering. Mm. And John prays for him that he be prosperous in, in all of his life, that it may go well with you. And I think uh, we, can, we can fill in what that looks like. I mean, that he would, that things would be going well in his home, in his work, in his relationship, in his leadership, in the church, and whatever he undertook. Because um, our faith is not just a spiritual matter. Our faith is not just a spiritual matter. Not at all. And our faith is not just a matter of personal piety. Like, a, um, our faith should create a wholeness in our lives. It, it should, um, and it should do so even when we're facing challenges, even when we're facing uncertainties, even when we're facing uh, COVID-19, we can, can prosper. So, so the question is, is your soul prospering? Like, are you, do you feel like you're prospering or do you feel like you're, you're withering during this crisis? Do you feel trapped? Do you feel like, uh, like you just, um, so, so, and then the next question is, what are you doing to make sure you're staying whole? Body, mind, and soul. And if, if you're doing anything specific that's, that's, has been working for you, uh, feel free to push, put that in the comments uh, so others may be able to uh, practice the same thing, something that you, you have found. And so I just want to give one final observation and then just get really practical for a moment. Um, so, so Gaius, he was prospering. He was prospering despite his challenges. And then it says that he walked in the truth. Uh, verse 3 says, It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. So Gaius' entire life, his walk, the way that he lived was consistent with God's truth. And, and there seems to be some connection here between walking in God's truth and his prospering. And I, and I don't know if it's, if it's um, like correlation or causation or how great, but in some way they're connected. Like him walking in the truth and his soul prospering and prospering as a person there, they're connected. Psalm 1, the very first psalm, is, is one of my favorites. I like the, the first verses say, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. And then the next part says, Not so the wicked, they are like 
the chaff <laughs> that the wind blows away. And so you have this, this contrast here of, of walking in God's truth, meditating on God's word with being a tree that is fruitful, that's leaves does not wither, and contrast that with the chaff that just <sighs> blows, blows away. And meditating on God's word, on God's law, helps us walk in the truth. And, and it, I think that's incredibly important for us this, in this season, not to let our minds wander, not to let our minds become uh, just a... Um, I mean, we're filling our minds with so much stuff right now, right? That we, we have to wash and renew our minds with, with God's word. And, and just a couple verses, and, and we could go down the list of things that I think would help us in, in, in scriptures. But First Timothy 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. So as your um, portfolio, your 401k continues to maybe the next day it comes up and then like it, it, godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into the world. We're taking nothing out of it. Yeah. Uh, how about Hebrews 13, 5? Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Yeah. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's the word, sir. It, it, we need to be washing our minds out with God's word. Yeah. Um, and so to say that Gaius walked in, in the truth is not to say that he walked in his own truth. Like it's, it's become pretty popular to say, you know, own your truth, walk in your truth, live your truth. Uh, what's that? No, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. Uh, when, John, when John writes this letter, he has a particular truth in mind. This is the same John who recorded the words of Jesus when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Is that the same John who was there recorded that? Is the same John who wrote this letter talking about truth? It's the same John who, who recorded the, the encounter of uh, Jesus before Pilate, when Pilate was asking, what is truth? And, and Jesus before that had said, uh, you say that I am the king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Jesus Christ is the truth. He is the ideal human. He is the perfect one. And Gaius walked in the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the, the more he walked in that truth, the more he prospered. And so I, my desire for you and for me is that we would walk with Christ, uh, that we would grow in Christ-likeness, even, even during our current situation. And in doing so, our souls will prosper. So, again, I ask, is your soul prospering? Do you feel like you're prospering or withering? So I just... We're going to, just the last few minutes, I want to talk about just having a, a specific plan to help us prosper, to help you prosper, taking just good soul care. Because uh, most of us are not intentional when it comes to taking care of our soul. We're, we're like cars on, on autopilot. I wouldn't put your car on autopilot. Or maybe a plane on <laughs> autopilot. Um, that car is coming, apparently. But uh, we just... 
we're just going, we, I mean, we have cram schedules, endless to-do lists, demanding jobs, families, constant noise, information bombardment, anxieties keep speeding us up, not slowing us down, except for coronavirus slowing us down. We are in a unique predicament. All of a sudden, our, our schedules are not so crammed. They're, they're not so crammed. Yeah. But I'm concerned that the noise is still constant. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're checking our feeds even more. We're, we're checking social media even more. So while, while we might have slowed down, I'm guessing for most of us, we've just filled that space up with other noise. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. More news. Mm, uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> you're like, you're not preaching now, Matthew. You're meddling. Uh, <laughs> more binge watching. So we're going to try something. We haven't done this on a live video before. Um, we're going to just a, a brief poll. We're going to take a poll and a survey. We're, we're going to put it in there. We're going to see if it works. If, if not, don't worry about it. But you should see something come up. And and basically there's, there's three options for you on this poll. One, and it has to do with the amount of just screen time in the, in the last couple of weeks, just since we've been social distancing. Has the amount of time you've spent on screens, has it stayed the same? Has it gone up or has it gone down? Like just thinking back over the, the last couple of weeks, has the amount of screen time stayed the same, which might have been too much to begin with. That's another sermon. Uh, has it gone up? Has it gone? And, and listen, if, if it's gone up, we're, we ain't, we're not judging. We're not casting shame. Um, in fact, the reason I assume that people's screen time has gone up because my screen time has gone up. Like the, the first thing, first thing I do in the morning, is like check the news, see what's happening, see how many people are sick. Um, my, my little girl, she'll come up to me sometimes, and she will, like I'm doing something, and she will just kind of wiggle her way, like right, right in front of me, and she will put her face right in front of my face and say, "I need tension." <laughs> <laughs> I need tension, Daddy. I need tension. And, and a lot of times I'm, I'm like at my phone behind me and like I try to move my phone here and then she moves over. Like, Daddy, I need tension. And I try to look over here he's like, Daddy, I need, I need tension. Um, and it, it's, like, it's like God has sent me my little uh, conscience to be like, Daddy, I need tension. Put your, put your phone down, Daddy. Um, so, so I understand if you monitor your screen time has gone up. But just, just be honest, just trying to get a feel for what... How we're, how we're dealing with this. And my prayer for you is, is like John, friend, prayer for his friend, his beloved friend, is that you would prosper and that your soul would prosper. So how do we, how do, we do that? Real quick, I think it's just back to the basics. Spiritual disciplines. Um, yes, spiritual disciplines. As the psalmist said, meditating on the, the law of the Lord day and night, um, the Swiss psychiatrist, Carl Jung, he says, you, you are what you do, not what you say you'll do. Yeah. You are what you do, not what you'll say you'll do. In other words, we act our way into new ways of thinking. We don't think our way into new ways of acting. That's good. We act our way into new ways of thinking. We don't think our way into new ways of acting. And Jesus has invited us into a radically different way of living. Um, but it takes it takes disciplines, and so our our church, uh, we put together. It's a uh, we call it the rhythm of life. We have a booklet. I'm, the link is uh, going to be there. 
for you to click on so you can see it. But the rhythm of life is something that Christians have done for almost 2,000 years. And it's, um, you know, throughout history, it's been called a, a rule of life. But I think that gives it a bad connotation, like we have to follow those set of rules, and if we're not following them. But it's, it's not like that. Think of it like a, a trellis to a grapevine. In order for a grapevine to produce fruit and to grow well, it needs a trellis. It needs something to grow on. And so a, a trellis is, is what a grapevine grows on. Now, um, can, the, can the grape grow without the trellis? A, a little bit, but it won't be as, as fruitful. But So the, the trellis in itself doesn't ensure healthy grapes. Like you can have a trellis, you can have a plan, spiritual disciplines, and not be healthy spiritually. But grapes can't be fruitful without a trellis. And I think spiritual disciplines are the same. Like doing them doesn't ensure you're growing in your faith. But I haven't met someone growing in their faith who doesn't have spiritual disciplines as, as part of their life. And so, and just to be clear, this rhythm we're talking about, it's not a list of things to do. It's not a, we don't want it to be a checklist. We don't want it to be something that produces guilt or, or shame. But at the same time, even the word discipline just has with it that idea of difficulty. Of something that's that's not easy and and you know yourself I mean I know myself uh, like I have a wandering heart a heart that is easily distracted a mind that's easily distracted and so the, the disciplines help bring us back and and it should be a life-giving tool that builds discipline it gives us hope something as a community that, that builds a rich encounter with God and so we, we, we have these spiritual disciplines that, that can help us. And we think a good rhythm should, should balance a few things. One, it should balance our relationship with God, our relationship with one another, and our relationship with the world around us. Um, we, we want our, our rhythm to do that. And, um, and I just want to en encourage you today in your relationship with God. Like, like this week, <clears throat> starting tomorrow... Monday, how are you going to spend time with God? We have a bit more margin if, if we'll cut out some of the, the binge watching and some of the social media. Um, and just, just real practical, and I'll, I'll just say briefly that, <clears throat> that Jesus, I've got other stuff, but I just will say that Jesus was always spending time with his Father. Like, Time and time again, Jesus went off to himself to pray. He prayed or he prayed all night or he got up early, got away from his disciples, and, and he prayed. And, um, and to the extent that Jesus spent time with his Father, he was, he was fruitful in ministry. <clears throat> Someone has said, and uh, this, is, this is my quote, I don't remember where I got it, but it said, Jesus inhaled his Father's presence so he could exhale his Father's will. He inhaled his father's presence so he could exhale his father's will. His father's will. Um, Jesus was in constant communion with the father, and that was the source of his fruitfulness. And Jesus, he tells us uh, to abide in him, that, that um, he is the vine, that we are the branches. And, and if we abide in him, we'll, we will uh, produce much fruit. Uh, apart from him, we, we can do nothing. Um, so check out the Rhythms booklet 
It's got ideas for uh, spending time with God in Scripture, spending time praying. Um, but this, here's one, just one real practical thing you can do this week. Don't turn on your phone until 10 a.m. I maybe have it on, you might have to take calls, but uh, just know, don't check the news, don't check social media, nothing, 10 a.m. And I'm going to commit to do the same, 10 a.m. Because usually the first thing, phone's by my bed, rolled over, seeing, what the, seeing what's happening. It's, it's not good. So, so 10 o'clock, and there, there's nothing holy about 10 o'clock, it's we're just trying to change some things up here. Um, <laughs> And for extra credit, set a daily time limit for yourself uh, on how much time you're going to be in front of the, the screen. And then set a specific time, a specific place where you're going to, to pause and, and meditate on God's Word. Uh, maybe, maybe read the, the daily uh, Bible reading plan that we have. Uh, set a place, even if it's like a certain chair in the living room, like this is where I'm going to Make it as specific as possible. Because if you keep it vague, it's not going to happen. It's, it's just not going to happen, um, at least not consistently. And then I would encourage you to tell someone about your plan. Like even now as we're going um, in, the, in the comments, just say, hey, here, here's, here's my plan this week to spend time with, with Jesus. Because then you're on the record once you've, told, once you've told somebody. Um, so tell someone, and even better, maybe... Uh, you have a friend, and a great way to connect with them is to, to have this time together. Like call them on a video chat or on the phone and, and pray and, and read together. Um, and there's other practical things that are part of this rhythm of life. Um, you know, I encourage you to, to stay active, to get out and about somehow. A weekly Sabbath is important. Um, I want to invite you to participate in this rhythm. And... Um, because I really am concerned for your well-being, your, your entire well-being, uh, spiritually, physically. And then just as I close, I want to look at John's letter one, one more time. In, in verse 3, John says, It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. So here's this, because Gaius was walking in the truth and because his soul was prospering, he was able to bring joy to others. Like as he was prospering, as he was walking in the truth, that brought joy to John. And as we uh, go through the season together, and as we stay uh, firm in our faith, and, and as we thrive in the midst of what's going on around us. I really believe it can be a witness to those around us. It can be an encouragement to other believers uh, to see that, hey, look, how are they prospering? Look what they're going through, but they're prospering. It can be a um, something that really, I think, is a, an incredible witness uh, for us. So let me, let me pray for us as we conclude. <clears throat> Father, I pray everyone who's joining us today, those who are unable to join us but are part of our family, let's pray that we would prosper, body, mind, spirit, that even, even as we um, encounter some difficulties and, and like legitimate 
hardships that we did not expect, that we were not prepared for. But Jesus, our souls would prosper as we daily walk with you, as we daily shut out some of the other voices. God, that you would just really reveal yourself to us as we walk with you. We want to be found faithful during this time. And so would you give us strength? Would you give us hope uh, despite what's going on around us, Jesus? Jesus. We need you. We need you.